This week on Unsportsmanlike Conduct, breaking news in the NBA, a lot of trades going down, and we'll also talk about the most recent ones with the Pistons, along with the Blake Griffin trade they made. They're on a six-game win streak, and we'll break down how that's all happened. Of course, we'll get into the Super Bowl with the Eagles and Patriots. Not the result that any of us expected, and probably not much of the country. The Eagles pulled off the win. We'll break that down and what it means for the Patriots and Eagles. And then we'll end with some Michigan-Michigan State talk. Um, both teams kind of going into a key stretch of their season right here. Michigan State competing for the Big Ten title, and Michigan kind of back on the bubble watch. We'll explain what both of them need to do to get into the NCAA tournament and what seed they will be on Sportsmanlike Conduct coming up. talking you listen this is unsportsmanlike conduct my name is andrew mcdonald i'll be your host and to my right evan petzold evan how are we doing doing really good you know i had a great super bowl sunday uh, i got to go to my girlfriend's cousin's house and, and i was there for a while and then you know there was some snow roads were kind of bad but i ended up making the drive back up to mount pleasant uh there on on sunday night rolling on over into early early monday morning didn't really get to bed until late but you know you're at the point in the week now where you're kind of all caught back up on sleep so so that feels good, and also it was a it was a great Super Bowl. We'll obviously touch on that later, but but big, it was nice. Big exam this week too. How'd that go? for Oh you? yeah, you know astronomy, something that I'm not, <laughs> I'm not uh, an expertise in, and as I would say, you know I'm more of the, the sports guy. You know you want to you want to give me an exam uh, on what's going on in the sports world, I'll ace it all day long. But astronomy, uh, honestly, did, didn't really go as as bad as I thought it would. You know the studying studying paid off, but still waiting on that final grade, so, so we'll says, see. Says you'd ace it in the sports world, but Blake Griffin's won six games in a row, or five, well, five games in a row. You well, know, all, all I said was, it come back <laughs> to me. I said, come back to me in about 10, 15 games. I want to see how Blake Griffin plays with, with Andre Drummond. Obviously paying off early, but... Gotta wait and see. We'll get back into that. Yeah, Elena, yeah, we'll wait and see. Elena's birthday was the other day, so make sure you guys all wish her a, a belated happy birthday if you haven't yet. But Elena, how are we doing? Well, had a great day yesterday, but uh, <laughs> I... At the moment, I just found out about some trades I'm not very happy about. feel like I got my heart ripped out of me and, like, stomped on, kind of. But, you know, still alive. But it's not But it's not, not, not a Pistons trade, guys, because, you know, we don't live in Michigan. We live in, we live in Ohio, according Stop. to Elena. I just live, I live wherever Dwayne Wade and LeBron are, okay? Oh, man, we're going to get a lot of hate in this podcast, probably a lot of arguing, and I cannot wait for it. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll start with uh, the topic of the, the Super Bowl to kind of ease things off, and maybe we'll get back into it a little bit later. Because um, this one is one we were all in agreement with, and I think that most people would have been in agreement with us. But the Patriots could not get the job done. They lose 41-33. to Yes, 41-33 to was the score of the Super Bowl, which is already kind of crazy as it is with how many points they put up. Um, you know, Tom Brady has a game that everyone would expect Tom Brady to have. He throws for over 500 yards. He gets three touchdowns, no interceptions. But then, of course, the late fumble, which he did blame on himself, said, you know, I didn't tuck the ball in. I think he said, like, six times in the same sentence that the Eagles made one good play, which obviously is not true. They made plenty of good plays in this game to be able to win it. But their defense made that one big play. It was a Michigan man on Michigan man and Brandon Graham making the play. So one took it away from another, which kind of made it crazy got the fumble, and essentially the Patriots uh, did not get the job done and the Eagles were able to win the Super Bowl. So I guess uh, just initial thoughts on this one. Here's my thing. Nick Nick Foles did what Tom Brady couldn't do in making that catch. And I I, I think that's, for me, when I was watching the game, that that was the point in the game where I was like, oh, shoot. Like, okay. And and I I was impressed, (laughs) and I thought, maybe. Maybe there's a chance. Yeah. And and ultimately, you you know, it turns out the Eagles... You know, do end up getting the win, get their first Super Bowl, and and all that good stuff. So, 
it was it was overall it was an it was an impressive game. It was a great offensive game to watch. There was a lot of big plays. I liked it. It was oh yeah. It was one of those Super Bowl games where you know comes down to the wire. It, it's it's Tom time, and you think he's gonna cap off his legacy or at least continue his legacy, and you know Eagles defense proves differently. It, it was a good game. Yeah, obviously, I mean the Patriots offense did what they had to do to win the game. They put up thirty three yeah. points, and I just you know in predicting this game, I thought that their defense would be able to handle Philadelphia better than they did. And they just didn't do it. I thought simply out of experience of playing this game and everything else, it'd be you know different. It just didn't go that way. Um, Elena, I was very surprised. Even right down until the very end, I was like, "There's no way the Eagles are going to pull this off." Like we have all seen it before, you know. Mm-hmm. I definitely was not expecting it, but um, I was really confused about why um, Butler didn't play. And I think that I mean, I think that yeah. might have been a game changer. Honestly, like. I want to know really the reason behind it, I guess. I don't think anyone really ever knows the reason behind Bill Belichick and why he <laughs> makes some of the decisions he does. I can remember a couple of years ago they had the whole running back thing going on. When one running back would fumble, they'd just take him out and not play him for the yeah. rest of the year. I think it was, it was Jonas Gray was the running back. I remember because he went to Notre Dame. I almost got it took out that year. That was like one of the decisions that I'll always just remember from like Belichick's mind that I'll never understand. This is another one because Malcolm Butler, he's been there, he's done it before, mm-hmm. so... It kind of makes you wonder why um, it would be that way, but now this this game definitely was not the way that I don't think anyone predicted it to go. I just don't think simply anybody saw that many points coming. You'd think that both defenses would make more plays, to, you know, kind of shut it down. It didn't, and, and I'm with you, Elena. I thought that you know down to the end, I still thought you know two minutes and whatever. You know, I I thought that the NBC crew kind of said it the the perfect way. You know, they gave him two minutes and whatever, and he said you might as well give him a month. That that <laughs> is how it feels when you give Tom Brady over two minutes to do something and. It seemed like he was going about his normal business. He, you know, made that first pass for about eight, nine yards. It was like, okay, they're just going to kind of get going. And that fumble just, I think, kind of oh. caught everybody off guard. It was just like, mm-hmm. what just happened? Like, they're actually going to lose because of a Tom Brady play in that game. And I, and I don't think anybody expected it. And credit to the Eagles and credit to Nick Foles because, I mean, is he still he a backup? A hell of a game. Is, is he still a backup or is he the starter? Like, he's oh, still a backup, but he played gosh. a hell of a game. Oh, he's going to get paid next year. Yeah, he can't no, be a I, I think, next I think, year. I mean, there's no way. If you're telling me that Brock he, Osweiler got paid for as much as he did to do what he did and, and then get sat in the Super Bowl and still get paid that much money, Nick Foles is going to be getting picked up by somebody. Uh, exactly. He'll get picked up by somebody, but he, I, don't think he, I don't think he'd start for the Eagles, but no, he'll get picked I, up. No, it, no, see, no, that, that's the thing. It's like, you know, everyone's going to make the debate all offseason until something happens if they should start him and it's a reasonable debate when you go into the Super Bowl and you play offensively like he did I mean that's hard to go but Carson Wentz is your quarterback of the future he's the younger guy you You have to I think you have to stick with Carson Wentz no matter what but nevertheless what Nick Foles is able to do for the Eagles in the city it's almost like you just be like kind of heartbroken as a fan from there to be like you know okay yeah Carson got us all the way here but you know, Nick led us through the Super Bowl and brought he us kinda, through the toughest test but, to be able to win it. I mean, well, two really good teams he beat, and he put up really good offensive numbers against them. You kind of got to look at it as, ask yourself, you know, do you, do you really think Nick Foles could have gotten them to to where they were? You think he would have gotten them to a playoff so. spot? I don't think so. I, don't, I think he got hot at the right time, and that's kind of the player that he is. I think that's really all but it was. It's like you have to give credit to the people around him because they yeah. adjusted to him so well to play. Because, okay, you could say the same thing. Would you? Have, would I mean, the beginning of the playoffs, no one thought the Eagles were going to be able to do what they just did, to be able yeah. to get the Super Bowl and win it. Because, I mean, they're underdogs every game. They obviously made uh-huh. a big deal of it. And their whole point behind, you know, kind of blowing it out of proportion that they were underdogs is we're still the number one seed. Just because we lost one guy on our team, now granted it's the most important player in sports, just because we lost that guy doesn't mean that we still can't be a team that can win the Super Bowl. And they went out and proved that. I mean, the catches they were making in that game, that catch from Elshon Jeffrey for a touchdown, mm-hmm. ridiculous, man. Like th- Those are the kind of plays you make to win games, and I think they just made more of them. And like you said, Nick Foles' catch, 
that's a play that he makes and yeah. Tom Brady doesn't make. Now, granted, it's not like Tom Brady's for a touchdown. They still would have had to drive down the field and finish the drive. But it's still it's still it still ended still a drive play. and they lost the game by a drive. So yeah. you never know what could have happened in that kind of a position. How about Legarrette Blunt switching teams, getting and two still rings getting the in ring, two years? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, might as well call man. him the MVP. That's classic. <laughs> even, though, even though he didn't do anything, he kind of made the ended up making the right decision. But um, I actually heard that Nick Foles called that play um, when I, I I listened back to the mic'd up stuff. He called his own number on that play for the be able to switch to really? throw it to him. Not sure if he just got the idea from the Patriots or what happened there, but I don't know how long they've been practicing that one. But that was all his idea apparently. Huh. So that's, that's another nifty. thing to look at with Nick Foles in this game. But no, absolutely phenomenal by him. Um, I guess if you're Tom Brady now and, and you're looking at it and you just lost this game, you know, do you keep going until you win another one? One hundred percent. Is it is it like, I mean, how do you feel this offseason? Gronk, I, I guess, is like thinking about retirement. I've heard some things about which would be insane to me, but I guess with all of his injuries, it's something that builds up. But if Tom Brady can keep playing football, he's gonna keep playing. He's a gamer. Yeah, that's how he is. I, I mean, think I, I don't I don't think he gets back without Gronk or or. A, a high caliber or wide receiver or tight end. So, really, a, a high caliber pass really? catcher. I feel like I they almost so. walk in there every year. Yeah. And I he know. just kind of finds a guy to make his guy. I know, but it's. It's all it's, a system. It's starting to, but, it, but it's starting to get time to where people are slowing down. And, I mean, I mean Gronk is I the, think Hogan, Gronk, Gronk's the reason that he can hit, hit Hogan. He's the reason he can hit Amendola. When Gronk's true, out there, true. it opens up the entire field. Oh, yeah, field. you saw it on that that drive, the first drive, and they came out of halftime. Yeah. Right down the field and scored, and a lot, and it was literally all Gronk. I think there was four catches to Gronk. The last one was a touchdown. I mean, you. I mean, Brady might not ever pass to whoever, whoever they bring in if Gronk leaves. Brady might never pass the ball to him, but it's going to open up the field, and that's what, I, that's what I think they need. I think that's kind of part of the whole system and why he makes other guys look so good, but... I, know, I think I think he's going to keep chasing. He's going to keep chasing. Also for that whole game, which is yeah. a deep threat that, that you know, I, th- I think kind of affected him a little bit. That that definitely uh, didn't make it easy to come back or make it any easier on him. Uh, Lena, how are you feeling about Brady right now? I mean, he's already said that he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he. I don't know if you guys heard this, but before the game, he was like, "I don't yeah. know why everybody's like wanting me to retire. Like, I'm going to be back next year." But you think he's got and a like, chance for more rings, though? Oh yeah, for I, sure. I don't think he would come back if he didn't think he had. Like, I think yeah. he's going in saying like, "I'm going to win more rings." Like. I'm not done yet. Yeah, this is like now that you lose a game like this, I think it's like kind of like ultimate redemption tour like next year to be able to bring something back yeah. and like win it. And I don't know if that means that it would be the end of it for him, but if he does win another Super Bowl, do you guys believe that that's like the right time for him to retire? Um, I mean, I guess it would depend on like are you talking about next year if he wins another? Just I don't whenever he wins um, it. Um I think next year if, I mean if he's still old. if he's still playing like he is this year next year and he wins it again, why stop? I, I guess. guess. Nah, he ain't slowing down. I, I don't, don't think, think so. I don't nope. think he's slowing down either. In honestly. my opinion, it would be the right way to go out. I think that you always want to go out on top. He's got my youth, and I know it. He's young. <laughs> oh he feels it. I mean, he said he said it. He said, you know, if I'm still playing this game as well as I can right now, why would I stop doing it? And you know, he loves football. I think more than anything else. And sometimes it's just kind of what keeps people going is the sport they play when they get this involved in it. And you know maybe that's his thing. But. And he, he he seems to be a smart guy, a knowledgeable guy. He seems like he definitely could have a career in in some sort of sports broadcasting in some sort of way, kind of like. Yeah, it'll be very doing. interesting to see what he does. He's and, a very and, interesting man. And I kind of I kind of get that, but at the same time though, there's a big difference between being behind a mic talking about a game and being on the field playing a game. And I think you know he doesn't even want to. He's not ready to, to kind of figure out what it's like to step off the field. He's not ready for that that yet. I know like a lot of guys like Marshawn Lynch, like he he leaves the field, and then what do you, what do you do with what do you do with yourself? Came right back and played. He came for right Raiders. back and played right. Yeah, because because he had to be, he had to be there. That mm-hmm. that's what he does. That's his life. That's his love. 
I think Brady's going to stick stick around for a little bit here. I like what you said about how like he's not ready for to go behind like behind the mic and talk about it. But like I think when he is at that t- at that point in his career where he's done, I think he's going to need to do that because oh, yeah. his IQ is just like for like football is just so high. Yeah, it, it really is. He's definitely got to do something in sports when he gets done, but to kind of end it on the Eagles, because, I mean, they are the team that won this game. It's hard to not talk about the Patriots because they obviously still <laughs> yeah. have the most talking points. But when it comes to the Eagles, you know, they win this game. Are they are they still a team that can compete next year? Are they a team right away that you're picking to be a, a favorite to go to the NFC championship no. game again? Or is this just your one-year wonder and hopefully for the city of Philadelphia so it doesn't burn down, it is? I mean, any, 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 <laughs> oh I mean, anytime you win, anytime you win a Super Bowl, um, you know, you have the best chance to go back to back because you just came off the win. You're the only team that can go back to back. So, I mean, I guess, I, I mean, I, th- I think, yeah, I think they, they have a chance. They have just as much of a chance as, as any other of the, the top teams in the league. I think until, you know, the dice are rolled in, in weeks one to five, we're not really yeah. going yeah, to figure it out. You never really know. It's just one you of those really know. early things. But, yeah, I give, I give I give them a pretty decent shot. Like in the in the way too early like rankings, they have Patriots at number one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like despite the loss, I I always feel like you just need to put the like the winning team, number one. I mean, yeah. like you said, like they have the best chance to go back to back, but I I don't think they will. I don't think so either, but I think they have a, like, they have a chance. They, I mean, yeah. I don't think they will. I think that this year worked out for them well. But, I mean, the NFC North, I mean, you know, and obviously a team kind of comes out of it every year to be better than what they are supposed to be. They were definitely that team this year. We'll see if it holds true, if they're actually a team that can compete year in and year out. It'll be very interesting to see how Carson Wentz comes back um, from the injury. And so that, that's why I kind of wonder, you know, do you do you keep or do you try to keep a guy like Nick Foles or do you just do you let him walk no matter what? I think you got to let him walk. When it when it comes, down I think to you it. do too. I don't think you if because if I'm Nick Foles, I'm asking for a lot of money. Yeah. You know, after this, like simply, you you know, you can make a lot of money for the rest and of your life. People are gonna want you to start like this. Yeah, exactly. You can go get a you can go get a guaranteed starting job somewhere. somewhere else, dude. Go 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 do it, man. Get it done. I mean, shoot the fans in Detroit here. Uh, I mean, he's won a Super Bowl. Matt Stafford doesn't want a playoff game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Nick Foles is a backup, so. Matt, yeah. Matt Patricia's going to get the Lions there, you think? Yeah, Matt Patricia. No, no, I do not think that You don't at see all. it? Uh, he just lost his team the Super Bowl, so I don't this see it. I, I don't this see his true. team getting back there. Anybody out there, last thing I'll say on this on this whole topic that is going to try to blame it on Tom Brady, that's ridiculous. The guy threw for 500 yards and had three touchdowns and no picks. Don't tell me it was his fault they lost the Super Bowl and the Eagles had 41 points because your defense simply has to be better than that. It goes both ways. I mean, Nick Foles capitalized and made the plays, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, I think it falls more on the defense, but... Moving on from that, um, the trade that we talked about a lot last week um, was obviously the Blake Griffin trade to the Pistons. It was a big deal. Um, a lot, Pretty much the general census we got from it was there's no way this team could win a championship with it. But right now they seem like they can they can, uh, they can really make a run for something or at least do something in the playoffs. Um, they won six straight, five since uh, Blake Griffin's actually been on the team and been playing. And I think the combination between Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin is really is better than what I thought. he's going for. Yeah, and I think, you know, you kind of go back to Stan Van Gundy when he was with the Magic in 2008 um, with Dwight Howard, and, you know, they, they kind of had that same kind of feel with with that team where they had a really, really big man underneath that kind of dominated. Well, they had, they had like, Hito Turkoglu, yeah, too. Yeah, and Turkoglu, and that, that, that's what I was going to say. Is he's the he's the guy that, you know, kind of is like the Blake Griffin. And uh-huh. it's almost like they're kind of trying to get that same feel back, but... They had a they had a guard at that time. That, you know, they could they had guards that could shoot and stuff. You lose Avery Bradley, you don't have him anymore. Reggie Jackson still hurts. He's not playing. So you know, how long can the Pistons simply keep winning like this with these two guys? 
when they don't have a guy like Reggie Jackson up top to keep playing for. I mean, Stanley Johnson has been playing phenomenal since this trade, but still, I feel like it's going to be very hard. And Anthony Tolliver, you know, good for him. I'm glad he's playing as well as he is. I just find it hard to believe that those guys are going to keep it up without getting someone like Reggie Jackson or someone else up there that can really, really shoot the ball as a as a guard. Yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't think they'd be able to keep it up, but, I mean, so far it's working. And I guess if, if it's not broke, I mean, don't worry about <laughs> fixing it. Obviously, uh, we'll we'll get into it a little bit, but the Pistons made you know some 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 minor moves and and obviously you know, you know Cleveland made made a big one and we'll, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean I think the Pistons are are getting the uh, getting the little pieces they need to kind of put things together a little bit more to make sure that they can continue the winning streak. That, that's what it's about. I mean, getting on the winning streak is one thing, but I mean when you win when you win five games in a row and then you lose six in a row, okay, well who what really it doesn't really matter. Yeah, right. But I, I think they got to get all those little pieces in there to kind of help Stanley Johnson continue to play well, help Tolliver continue to play well, and then help that that Griffin and Drummond combination to to be successful like it has been. So I, I think the little pieces they're bringing in are going to help them. And, and like I said, we'll dive into that here. Yeah, you, whenever you, you're ready to. You, to bring t- it in. you talk about those little pieces, and that was the next thing with uh, you know today being the trade deadline. Pistons just really recently made the trade for Memphis uh, for to get James Ennis to come to Detroit, and they gave away Bryce Johnson, who was a guy that wasn't really playing for him anyways. I think that's a pretty good move. I think it's a guy you're getting somebody to kind of get in that shooting guard rotation to yeah. be able to make them a little bit better there. Um, Elena, how do you feel about it right now? I mean, I mean, it's just it's just a little one, like you said. But I I don't know how far Blake Griffin can really take this team, like you guys said. I guess it'll just have to pan out. We'll see. I mean, I don't have like full faith in them yet because I mean, at the beginning of the season they were playing really well and then they just kind of dropped off and they couldn't really get out of that slump. So I guess we'll see. Maybe this is just another high in their season and. I don't know. I don't see it really lasting, but maybe it can. Here's my thing with James Ennis. Um, I mean, when you look at him, you know, he's in his third year in the league, 6'7", 210 pounds, small forward, 6.9 points per game, 1.1 assists per game, and 3.5 rebounds per game. He's not going to wow you. What but the, he's going to do the little things that the Pistons haven't had off yeah, the bench. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, what they just got rid of for it wasn't doing anything for him anyways. I don't yeah. think it really hurts to go and try something else. I mean, also making the trade uh, for to the Bulls, or they sent the Bulls really read um, to get Jameer Nelson, who's a point guard, and really could you know help him in that rotation too. So it seems like the Pistons are kind of under the idea that they're going to bank on Reggie Jackson to come back and be healthy and play for them eventually here and kind of be the guy that can lead that front court or lead that court, that side of it. I don't know, man. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they took that trade for Willie Reed because he's, you know, on on his six game suspension by the NBA for the the domestic violence incident. I'm surprised that that trade was yeah. taken, <laughs> but I'm sure the Pistons are are going to be okay with it. And yeah, it's nice to have a a point guard like Jimmy Nelson who kind of knows what he's doing, who's been there before, and and understands the the system and gets it to be able to to kind of gel until Reggie's ready to go. Yeah. yeah, I think bringing in pieces to sure up your bench really never is a problem. Um, and I think that it could definitely, you know, add depth to the team and, and help them in their backcourt to be able to bring in a veteran like that. But really, how much longer can the Pistons keep something like this going? How much longer can they simply, you know, obviously right now they've won six in a row, and it's almost like when you're in the cupcake stage of a relationship, it's kind of the same thing. Um, you, like, they're, they're spraying each other with water bottles after every game. It's almost like it's kind mm-hmm. of fun right now. When things, yeah, exactly. But when things start to go south, you know, how do, how how do they respond? Who who's the guy that kind of takes over for them? Who's the guy in the Pistons locker room that's going to change that? I think it's got to be it's got to be Blake Griffin, and I think that's kind of one of the reasons why they they decided to bring him in there. They saw those leadership qualities, you know, realizing maybe 
where he was at before, especially when he had he had Chris Paul with him. He never really had that opportunity, mm-hmm. and I think that almost set the tone for for the rest of his time in, in Los Angeles. So when when push comes to shove and you need the guy to step up, I don't think Andre's going to do it. No. But I think Blake I Griffin. So but I think Blake Griffin wants to be that guy. And this is my own. This is my personal opinion. I, I'm not in the locker room every day. I don't know what goes on. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like, like Blake Griffin wants to be the guy that's going to step up and say something, and get a team back on track, and really lead a team, and be a leader, and a scorer, and a rebounder, and and be a be a centerpiece of a team. And I think that's what he wants. And to be a centerpiece of a team, you got to be a leader too. For sure. Exactly. I agree with you. I think that it needs to be Blake Griffin. I'm not sure it will. Um, like like what you said about the cupcake stage. Mm-hmm. It can also go really bad, and they can feed off each other's negative uh, emotions. So mm-hmm. I guess it'll just depend on if Blake Griffin wants to be that guy and if he can take on that role now. Yeah, when you start losing, that's when you find out, like, you know, how your how good your relationship is with your team and everything else. And it's kind of crazy to say that, you know, a guy that just got traded and came in is supposed to be the guy that leads the team, but I think it's the, the best thing, the truth. When you're the guy that comes in and you're the superstar in the team now and everything else – you're kind of the guy that has to take over at some point. And I think that if you want to make your mark this season and, you know, make something to this team and do something with it, because they're going to go through a losing streak. I can almost guarantee you right now I'd, I'd put I'd put money on it mm-hmm. that if I was a betting man, that they would start to lose some games this year and they will go through something where they're going to have to rebound and come back. If they start to do that, I think Blake Griffin has to be the guy because no matter what his attitude is like, and I know things weren't the greatest of the Clippers, He's got to be a guy that has some kind of energy that says, like, guys, it's time to turn this around and start winning some games. And yeah. he's never really, like, Blake Griffin's, I think we've all been just kind of waiting for him to do something all of these years. Like, yeah. he never really has. So maybe this is his opportunity he needed to go somewhere He has else. to feel that way, I yeah. think. So I think, I mean, I think he'll he'll do it for sure. He'll, I mean, I, I hope so, honestly. Yeah, no, I, it's great to see the Pistons playing the way they are right now. I, I, think, I think everybody kind of likes it, at least around here. <laughs> yeah, and, and think about Andre Drummond, how his life's got to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just pulling down boards. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, and he's playing a lot better with that guy next yeah. to him because it takes a lot of pressure off him in the paint and get putbacks. I mean, he's always done it on the glass, but now he's just able to been able to kind of do the like the 17 and 17 kind of game or a 20 and 15. He doesn't have to worry about scoring, trying to score 30 points in a game. Yeah, exactly. He, he doesn't, doesn't have to worry. All the pressure is on him, and it's a lot of it's taken off of uh, Blake Griffin now. So I think it's definitely a good thing for them. Um, but, yeah, Evan. How, how, how about how about that uh, that Cleveland Cavaliers trade, though? That's what I was just about to bring up. Let's get into that. <laughs> because Mr. GM, LeBron Stop. James, is not making good decisions, IMO. In my opinion, take it away, Evan. What happened? I mean, I he shipped shipped out. I'm not gonna say he shipped him out because, you know, it wasn't it wasn't LeBron that shipped him out. You but seem to think so. I I, I do <laughs> I do get that vibe behind scenes. Where do you, that, why do you think LeBron that, wants that to? That pretty help? much says that LeBron's trying to ship guys out. You know, I don't I don't know what the what the game what plan is, he... is in LeBron's mind. I think maybe it's bringing Kemba Walker somebody better because LeBron's realizing that yeah. He had a great finish. He did win last night's game, but he he's realizing that he he can't carry a team by himself, and he needs another superstar. But but Cleveland, they're sending Isaiah Thomas and Channing Frye to the Lakers for Jordan Clarkston and Larry Nance, and Cavs are also sending a 2018 first round pick to the Lakers. So you're giving up a first round pick, it, and Channing Frye, and all you're getting back is Jordan Clarkston and Larry Nance. Like, Mr. GM, LeBron James, I am not a fan. Dan Gilbert and LeBron do not get along. Why do you think that anyone— They don't don't get along because LeBron runs the team. 
Oh, and Dan Gilbert's this <laughs> Dan like, Gilbert, gray guy. And Dan, that... Dan Gilbert knows that. And that's tough for Dan Gilbert. That that's no, my prediction. No, Dan Gilbert is. I don't I don't make any mess. statements that I don't know. Um, I just say in my opinion or I think because I really don't know what goes what on. What would LeBron gain from this? Like, but, do you really think? I mean, like Kemba Walker's not. If he Kemba Walker goes to the Cavs, I don't think they do much, much else. Oh, I think they do a lot better with Kemba Walker on their you team. You think so? And I think maybe it also sets it up for what if LeBron. Um, another situation that I think might might be going on here is what if LeBron's clearing house and. Heading out. Going to the Lakers with Paul George next year, skipping, next skip, summer? Skipping town. Now, I don't know where he's going, but I think that that is definitely something to talk about. I think that, you know, is he trying to, like, get rid of everything? Is he is he going savage mode right now? Is he getting rid of everything in Cleveland so when he does leave, they have no chance of competing with I think, no, him I mean, anymore? Even if when the LeBron leaves, Cleveland's not competing with anyone. Well, yeah, that's I mean, so. That's like, I don't think he's really. I think I don't think he cares but, about but, that. But if he but coming in the but year if when he they, leaves, hang on, hang on, hang on. If he leaves Eastern Conference, though, there's no LeBron in the Eastern Conference. It's anyone's game. Well, yeah, you but the Celtics coming in the Raptors, and then who you yeah, got? But, coming in the year when they had Isaiah Thomas and Dwayne Wade, if if you would have taken out, um, if you'd have taken out LeBron, I still think that team can make the playoffs and oh, you yeah. know possibly win some games there. And, and you know you say he leaves, so. You know, when you lose a guy like Isaiah Thomas, and now it's just Jordan Clarkston. Now, I mean, he averages 14 half points games. It's not like he's a guy that can't do anything, but he's not going to, like, lead your team to win anything. I think Isaiah and, Thomas, when he was with Boston, was kind of the guy, and, I mean, he did pretty well with it. And, I mean, now, you know, reports coming out that Dwayne Wade's going back to Miami. That that trade just— He already just, told us that before, that, though. That, that, that trade just got just went out, so now now Dwayne Wade's like, on his way like you're not to Miami. Cleveland getting Rodney Hood <laughs> and George Hill in no a three-team way. deal. Wait, what was the trade? No way. Rodney Hood and George Hill to Cleveland, part of a th- big three-team deal. <laughs> Cleveland's trading Dwayne Wade to Miami. Oh, my gosh. So, stuff's blowing up. Wow. In wow, Cleveland, that is oh breaking news oh right now. Gosh. I don't know this whether is... it'd be happy or sad, because, like, I wanted him to go back to Miami for so long. So, oh this my is, God. like, actually oh crazy gosh. right now. I'm going nuts. I can't. Um, so, Rodney Hood and George Hill, though? I, I mean... Uh-huh. I'm going to cry. I think I'm going to cry. <laughs> this is really emotional. For I got I got to ask our producer Grant. Grant, what do you think about what do you think about that? I, what do you think about not. Rodney Hood and George Hill? I don't think it's a good trade. You don't think it's a good trade for the it's Cavs, more. do you? Oh my gosh. It, really. What are they doing? See, he doesn't oh. even know what they're doing. And this guy knows Miami's everything about be the NBA. Now. Miami's already good. I think LeBron should just go to Miami. This is insane. I, I'm, I'm trying nuts. to I'm, I'm trying to pick crazy. something up on it right now and I feel bad cuz I just I just I just I just dropped a where are they headed? The Utah. They're they're oh they're Does in that Cav, trade too. Do the Cavs have any? So the the Cavs. Where's LeBron going? I wow. want to know. This this is insane. This is nuts. Um, so oh am on Shumpert to the Kings. Cleveland just got how rid of you, him. How are you seeing all this? Pretty because it's just on that. I can't see anything. NBA trade stuff coming up. Yeah but. yeah he's right. Jay Crowder and Derrick Rose to Utah. So stuff is blowing up oh in Cleveland. Oh my they're, gosh. This is insane. They just, they they're just literally just giving it. So what? Team. What's going on? Is LeBron just? Is he staying? Is is he, is he finishing out the year? Cleveland never approached LeBron James about waiving his no trade clause. The team committed to uh, writing ship with hopes of retaining James, and that was from uh, Chris Haynes of ESPN. So their their plan is to to keep LeBron around, I guess. But they're just gonna get rid of everybody. So they're literally getting rid so of everybody. What you're not gonna like if they don't make other moves today. This team is, I mean, what does it even have for question, LeBron? Question for Evan. You think LeBron sent Dwayne Wade out? No. No way. Not if he's not going to. 
I think I think I don't think LeBron said all these people out. But no, this is definitely their GM. This is definitely He's just making savage moves. I think because he realized at the end of the year maybe that LeBron's not gonna come back. With the way things are. You talk about making more trades today for the for the Cavs, but. Who the hell are you going to trade? Yeah, they made that. Well, no, I'm saying that. Like, who do you well, have no, to yeah, trade? I don't think they're going like to make any. I don't think they're going to get anybody else better. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like this is all happening right now. So oh my it's gosh. just like he's literally it on that team now. I mean, it's just a bunch of role like, players around. Him. It's you literally it's literally a bunch anybody. of role players around him now. Pistons, Warriors, NBA Finals, 2018. <laughs> well, no, but I mean for no, real I'm though. Miami. Yeah. Now, oh, this is wide open here. now. This Somebody's is wide open now. I, Boston's I, taking the East. I mean, LeBron could do it by himself and still get back there, but it's, I don't think it's a guarantee if he's just out there with a bunch of role players. There's yeah, no I mean, way. there's teams that can beat him in this division, like, with just him. LeBron's got to go somewhere right now. But who? Are, but my thing is, like, who are you going to get? If you want to go get Kemba Walker, who are you going to give up? I mean, what? Because who, who, do, who, do who do they still have on this team? I don't even know. Tell us. J.R. Well, Smith, Tristan Thompson. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I mean, they were good players with Kevin Love, at, at, but at, like to a certain extent. But yeah, Kevin Love. But but he's injured. Is he still injured? I do not know. But Kevin Love, yeah, yeah. Kevin he's Loves, out for like yeah, four, he's as far as I knew he was. But. So I mean, you, I mean, you could, you could, what you could really do here is you could package, you know, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, Kyle Corver, and try to go get, you know, some somebody like Kemba Walker. But I don't even think they'd take that deal. And at that point, and you're giving away draft picks too. I mean, they're like, literally they just doing? like the team right now on on a, on a video game that turns on like you know free trades, and you can just trade wherever you want. Like they're just they're just making these moves and just sending people out like left and right so fast that you're just like, what is even going on right now? I can't believe doing this one. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh um, my god! Yeah, that that that's pretty crazy. Um, so. It was so funny. You thought I was like kidding. I thought you were kidding, and I, I was like, like no, I was legit. It oh was, my god! Uh, it was I, it was a woge bomb from ESPN. My my phone just <laughs> got all those updates, but I don't know. Oh my god! No, yeah. So I guess it's gonna be really interesting to follow that, and well, I, uh, we're definitely gonna have to keep up with it in me, the upcoming weeks. Let me tell you guys something. I wasted a lot of money on jerseys this year. <laughs> yeah, isn't your IT one in the mail? I, yep, and I got my Dwayne. I mean, I just got my Dwayne Wade one for Christmas. So. Wow, that's that's tough. And if LeBron leaves, I have both of those. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, we're gonna oh we're gonna gosh. we're gonna have to try to re re bring it back in here, guys, and like you know move on from this because this uh, is obviously all breaking it's right crazy. now. But yeah, it's definitely a, definitely a crazy world in the city of Cleveland today, and we're gonna have to figure out what goes on with that in the upcoming week. We will bring that back up in the next podcast we do here. Um, but to kind of calm things down on a smaller scale, I guess, <laughs> kind of hard to uh, to bring it back up after that. We're gonna go into some college basketball now because it's been a couple weeks since we've talked about that um, with Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, just kind of quickly get into them because it is an important uh, stretch coming up for both teams for different reasons, though. Um, starting with Michigan State, um, last night uh, they, they watched Ohio State uh, take down Purdue in the closing seconds when Purdue kind of had the lead going in the end of that game. Um, Purdue was able to, or, uh, wasn't able to get the job done. They lose their first game of the season in the Big Ten, snap their big winning streak and everything else. Um, and now Michigan State trails by just one game to be able to get the, that Big Ten um, title. So they're, they're right there with it. Um, but if they lose this game, obviously the two games out of the first place spot, you know, with about you know four league games to go at that point, what is this it for Michigan State? Like they absolutely have to win this game to be able to get the Big Ten title. I mean, I I think yeah, this is one of those games where if you do win it, I mean there there you are. Yeah, I mean, you got it locked in. You're, and you you're, have the tiebreaker too. Yeah, because it is a, it is a long um, game. 
Yeah, I think you got to approach this game like that, though, and you got to go after it. And in Michigan State, the way they've been playing lately has been really interesting to me because they, they, they let teams hang around. They have been. They have even been though they won that five. It's, it was a tough stretch, a lot of road games and stuff, and they, and they did get they got the job done. And all yeah, but. but even even at home against Penn State, um, you know, at home against Wisconsin, Wisconsin still kind of hung around for mm-hmm. a little bit. Obviously, they ended up winning by, I think it was fifteen or something like that. But Wisconsin yep. still hung around. I think the um, one against uh, Indiana, like they blew them out the first time. And yep. then, uh, yeah, it was like that Indiana points. game was on the road this time, but but still, I, I mean, mean, but still, it it it's still an Indiana team that, in my opinion, is isn't really that good. Mm-hmm. And no, they're not. Yeah, it, it, this is the game where you know you want to be you know the, the the Big Ten champs. You got to get it done. You got to you got to beat the best of the best. This is your game to prove it, and this is when Purdue's down too. So I mean, you're gonna you're gonna catch them on you know I mean their worst day. They're probably gonna be not the happiest bunch. Well. Or does that mean they're going to come you know, back fighting harder? Purdue's coming back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're going to come back. Off, I'm come saying they're going to come back like in that that kind of mindset. So yeah. Michigan State's going to get everything they can handle. This is where you're really going to find out who this team is. And I think that this game, in my opinion, kind of you know coming in the year, this is supposed to be a Final Four team. This is the no doubt Big Ten champion. If they lose this game, they pretty much lose it. You know, at this point, you know when you're checking off the list, okay, you go through the regular season, the Big Ten tournament, and then the NCAA tournament. I think if they don't win this game and they end up not being able to, you know, capitalize and win the Big Ten, I think you check off the regular season as a failure of the team that they have. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, that that's fair. You, that that that's fair. I, yeah. I don't think it's just fair. I think it's right. I think that this team was undoubtedly supposed to be the team that was going to win it, yeah. especially the way they were playing the non-conference, the teams they beat. The only slip up they had was to Duke, and that was barely. I mean, they were right there with the closing seconds, but they just made some bad plays on the stretch, and then they came back and played the way they did against. North Carolina and Notre Dame, yeah, and the way that they started out the Big Ten and everything. Well, because if they don't this year, you're gonna hear, oh, well, next year, next year, yeah. you know. I, I mean, every every Michigan State you know follower is gonna just always say, wait till March, even though they haven't done anything in March since I think 2015. But yeah. it's just like at this point, if you don't win this game, this much talent, I think it's a failed two years under Tom Izzo. So the do you, they do you have. think they get the job done? I don't. I think Purdue's gonna win this game. I agree. I think Purdue's gonna take it. Too. I gotta go with Sparty on this one. I don't. I don't do? think Purdue's yeah. gonna lose two in a row. I don't think so. I think. Uh, Pur- I think Purdue's gonna bounce back and get this win. I think states- they're gonna outman Michigan State inside. I think that if Mo Wagner could do what he did to Michigan State, yeah. I think that Isaac Haas is gonna have something to say about that. Isaac Haas is gonna have a day, but I, I think <laughs> Michigan State. I think Michigan State wins this one. I think their athleticism, their quickness, their speed, their youth is is gonna help them out a lot. It's gonna be a good game, though. I'm excited to watch it. I'll definitely, uh, you know, have my eyes peeled on that one. I think it will be a good one, um, regardless, and we'll, and we'll see what happens with it. But I, I definitely think if they don't win this game, it's, it's kind of like a big letdown in their season so far, and they're really gonna have a lot to do with redeeming. Um, because at that point, you lose this game. Obviously, it's not gonna like kill your seating, but you know, Michigan State kind of seems to be giving this advantage anyways because of their head coach and everything that they have um, when they get seated in the NCAA tournament. But where do you think this team should be seated um, if they lose this game? Like, if you had to decide it, like, do a bracketology. If if Michigan State loses this game, where should they be? Where yeah, should they be where should they be at right now with, with with the losses they have this year and everything else? Man, I I think when when it comes down to it, and you're a team that you're you're twenty three and three, yeah, and you lose a game like this, you can't you can't give them the number one seed. No, um, but number two for sure. They sell number two. Number two for sure. Yeah. There's, I don't think there's. I would lean more towards the three or four. I was gonna say four. The four. Yep. I was gonna say four. The four. Mm-hmm. I think they have three really? losses in a week Big Ten conference. 
I think that they they could be leaning more towards a four seed. Okay, but Ohio State, but 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 you lose. Okay, so but you lose to Purdue, Ohio State, and Michigan. I mean, yeah, it's three of the better teams. That's in the three Big of the better teams, and Ohio State they've really proved themselves. But just in general, I mean, you can go and you can go look at Michigan's wins right now, which we're about to talk about here in a second. Michigan's a bubble team, even though they're in the top twenty-five. And Ohio State, yeah, they had their their stretch this year. Where they won a lot of games, but. Most of it that they've done hasn't had to be against the best teams. Now, last night they made a change with that with, uh, you know, obviously beating um, Purdue and Michigan State. Now they look like a good team. But it's like it, everyone looks at the Big Ten right now I think it's kind of weak. So I think it's very hard to just give Michigan State that number two seed. I, do I think they'll get it? Probably because they're Michigan State. Michigan State. But I think that they should be a three or a four just because of how weak the Big Ten is this year. Interesting take. Elena, anything against me there? No, I agree I'm happy. With you. I'm happy uh, – I'm happy we disagree. <laughs> I always disagree with you, Evan. <laughs> no, I, I mean, either way, what does it matter? I mean, it's almost kind of like, to me, it's almost kind of like the year that Michigan made their run to the national championship and they were number four seed. It's almost kind of like that kind of year for Michigan State where they could well, easily yeah. do that kind of thing with a couple losses in the Big Ten. Michigan State, they could they could lose out and be the fifth or sixth uh, probably, team. They probably <laughs> still find a way to make but that happen. They, but, they, but no, but I'm just saying, no, like they, 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 could, they could lose the rest of their games and they could be fifth, sixth. Seed in 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 the in March Madness, and they could still make a run. Oh yeah, they, for sure. They're, they're that team. They're that type of team. Same way in Michigan. They're, yep. they're just that type of team where if you get hot, you can get rolling. Well, you Michigan's got to get there first. Yeah, Michigan does. And the loss that they had the other night at Northwestern, you know, one. we were kind of talking, you know, before the game we were covering together with uh, Central the other night, kind of about you know where Michigan's at. You know, I, I said they're in the top twenty-five. How are they a team that's in the bubble? Well, it's just about the wins that they have. Simply the the one win they're hanging their hat on right now this year is the Michigan State win. Because other than that, the non-conference, yeah, they had a couple nice wins against teams like VCU and Texas, but right now there's both bubble teams, and they're leaning towards not making the tournament. And, you know, with the stretches coming up, Michigan doesn't have a lot of teams. That Ohio State game on February 18th, you can circle that in your calendar right now for the biggest game of their season because if they win that game, I think it kind of takes off a lot of pressure for the Big Ten tournament. I think if they beat Ohio State, they go into the Big Ten tournament, you win the first round game, you're good. You'll probably make the NCAA tournament and you'll get a decent seed. I think you know. I think you know too. You can beat anybody in the in the Big Ten conference. No, I know they didn't beat yeah. Purdue. I know they didn't beat Purdue, but they were right there. Oh, they were. Right. They, they played home. great in both those games, and they probably should have won the one at home. But even on the road, I mean, they're right there with them. But you know, you can beat anybody. Against yeah, their, and against the tougher opponents, I feel like they play the best. I mean, they come up short a lot, but like it, that's the thing, though. At some point, you have to get the win. And if yeah. they don't, if they don't take care of business here down the stretch, now. I mean, Wisconsin on Sunday, Iowa, they absolutely both have to win both those games. If they do lose one of those games, they are 100% in the bubble and probably a team on the outside looking in until they get more wins because they're going to drop right out of the top 25. They probably already will because of the loss they had earlier this week anyways. But if they lose either one of those games, it's definitely going to be a lot uh, tougher for them. But you close out the season with two row games too at Penn State and at Maryland. If Michigan can at least win you know, two of, the, two of those three row games and then take care of uh, uh, Iowa – and beat Ohio State, they're probably gonna be fine. But if they lose to Ohio State, it's almost you could almost make a case they have to win four out of the final five games to be a for sure team going in the tournament. It's tough going to, into the Big Ten tournament, and it's tough to be able to do that when you know three of those five games are on the road. That's, exactly, that's not easy to do. It's never to easy four to do. Five and Michigan obviously struggles on the road. Their offense just shuts down. I mean, it's the second straight game now where they play against Northwestern and Nebraska. Now Nebraska actually is fourth in the Big Ten right now. Kind of surprising. That's where they are, but they've not been able to have any offense in those games. Well, Michigan's only got like what, one loss at home, and that's to, to yeah. Purdue, right? Oh, yeah, they play very well, and then like I said, they lost that game by a point and some questionable calls. I don't think the they've lost at home. I think that's the only loss at home this year. It is. They're thirteen to one. Yeah. So yeah, you look at it in that way. They're gonna probably take care of the games they have at home. 
that Ohio State game is going to be huge. It's a maze out and it's senior day, so it's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, not that Chrysler's been the uh, most lit atmosphere this year, but it probably will be a bigger game for them, and I'm sure people will come out for that one being a rival and everything else. That's a game that Michigan, in my opinion, just has to win. They could have some more room for error if they win that kind of a game. Um, where do you guys kind of see Michigan end up being seated right now? Right now, I mean, Michigan looking with, with me right now, I, I never really would see Michigan as like anything higher than a than a nine. I don't. I mean, maybe, maybe higher than a ten. I, I I I guess the highest that I'd put Michigan at would be probably at like a ten. But right now, where they're at, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe like a six or seven. Mm-hmm. Right I think, now, I think right now that they're around the the number eight. I think that's exactly yeah. like where they're at. They've kind of been there still. I still think after the Northwestern loss, they're probably number eight. I think they'll end up at like nine or ten, I guess. Yeah, I could see, I could see Michigan getting there. It just kind of depends on they finish. I think if they beat Ohio State, they'll no doubtably be an eight or a seven seed or somewhere in there. But right now, you got work to do, and obviously, yeah. Beeline's done his best work in March. So we'll see if they're able to do in the Big Ten tournament. It'll be interesting to follow both those teams as we go, but we got to kind of wrap up this podcast now. So we'll go to our uh, stud and duds here to finish it off. Evan, what's your stud this week? I know you have an interesting take. Yeah, so I'm forth. doing a, I'm doing a little bit of National Signing Day uh, talk because that happened yesterday. But Georgia, um, Georgia recruiting, they're they're my studs. They were outstanding yesterday. They picked up Tyson Campbell, the number two cornerback, and then four star wide receiver Tommy Bush. So they got both of them, mm-hmm. and, and those were guys that they straight up just got. But then they also flipped two linebackers, flipped Otis Reese from Michigan. He's a four-star. And then Quay Walker from Alabama, they flipped him. He's a four-star as well. So, I mean, you get uh, essentially a, a five-star prospect and, and three four-stars, two of them coming off of a flip. That That's that's a, that's a big day. Yeah. I mean, you lose a national championship, but you, you're, you're getting ready. You're loading up, getting ready to, to come back. And then along with those guys, I mean, they also signed other guys, but they were just you know guys that they had signed previously at the the early uh, signing periods. They already had those guys locked in. They added a couple more that they already knew they were going to get. But uh, but it's all in all a, a really good day for uh, for Georgia recruiting. Quick personal question: Do you think that like this is? A, I mean, obviously it's not a good year for Michigan recruiting coming at number twenty. It's not their best, but with all the young guys they have on the team, like you know, where do you kind of see? Is the fan reaction because yesterday was very negative? Is it is it? called for right now or not well here, here's the thing with michigan and in their recruiting class this year is they brought in so many guys last year and they lost so many guys right so they were able to do that but this year after this season they didn't really lose that many guys to, mm-hmm. to graduation or the nfl or anything like not that at all so their class wasn't big yeah so their class ranking sitting at what do you say it was 20 20, 20 yeah so that, so that looks 20 michigan really come on that looks bad right yeah but really they didn't really have room to bring a ton of guys in. They couldn't go after some of the guys that they wanted to. I know Callan Gervin, who ended up going to Michigan State. He's a cornerback from uh, Detroit Cast Tech, and he wanted to go to Michigan. Michigan wouldn't offer him. He wanted to go to Michigan. They didn't have room for him. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's where I'm kind of at right now, all this fan reaction stuff that's kind of coming out bad. I think they need to take a step back and kind of look at where Michigan's at. Right well, now I think I, I, I think it was a really a really bad day yesterday. Yeah, no, and well, I'll get into I'll get into that because spoiler, Michigan recruiting's my dud. But <laughs> I think you don't understand. People got to understand some of the logistics behind it and realizing that you're not going to have a number one class if you can only sign so many people, so many guys. And that's what a lot of people I don't think. It's not like it was. It's not like it was last year where they just went crazy and could sign and, and add whoever they wanted because they needed guys. This year they don't need as many guys. Now, 
next two years, yeah, they're they're gonna need to sign a lot more, and you'll you'll see him hop up into the the top ten in recruiting rankings. I I'm a firm believer in that, but that's kind of where I'm at with Michigan. Is fans got to chill out, chill out, let let the coaches do their jobs. It's just a game. They're yep. just kids. Sure, Elena, your stud. My stud is LeBron. He uh, <laughs> fade away uh, jumper last night to win the game yep. with his old team. So. Uh, <laughs> We'll see where he goes from here, but he's out. He's he's always a stud. But yeah, what a just change. Oh my god! I gosh. mean, last night you look at everything, and it was just LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. They're back. They're back. They're back. That's all it was, like all over social media. And now today, this just all happens, and it's just a completely different world. Just it feels like clean slate. Absolutely crazy. But my uh, my stud is Ohio State basketball. Um, we already kind of talked about it earlier. That win was phenomenal. Um, they got last night. You know, they're down by seven in the closing minutes. Didn't look like they were going to be able to get the job done. They ended up coming back and beating the top team in the Big Ten, Purdue. Tie themselves at the top of the standings and really give themselves a chance to win the Big Ten on a year where, you know, most people, including myself, picked them coming in around the number 10 spot. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with them. But right now, either way, I think it's a very successful season for Ohio State um, over there. Evan, you're done? Yeah, so my done, like I teased that um, just a few minutes ago, was Michigan recruiting. So yeah, like like I said with Georgia, um, you know Georgia flipped Otis Reese, and that was a guy that, I mean M- Michigan they had him, they had him locked in and and committed for over a year. Yeah. So they had over a year to to work on him and and develop relationships with him, and then the very last day you lose him to Georgia, and I think that that kind of says something about you know who you got recruiting for you and and. Maybe the way that Georgia goes about things, but but that 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 was a really tough loss because he I mean, he was your best player in the class for for Michigan, and you you never want to lose your best player um, in the class, especially not to a flip like that. So that was rough for Michigan. But then also they they also failed to beat out Ohio State for Nicholas Petit Friere, who is number seven player in the nation, mm-hmm. um, five star prospect. You know Michigan went they practiced at his high school. Um, you know with the Outback Bowl coming up when when they were playing against South Carolina. And it was like, uh, you know, all hands on for Petit Freire, and they just weren't able to get the job done. So that's just another negative. So you know, you, you lose your top player, and you lose uh, a five star to Ohio State. It's not a good day. Yeah, it was not a good day for Michigan football at all. Elena. All right, my dad is uh, Bill Belichick for sitting Malcolm Butler, and I never really want to doubt Bill Belichick, but I just I just don't understand it. So I guess he'll be my dad. For sure. Um, my my dad also is on the Patriots staff, and it's, uh well, he was on the Patriots staff, and now he's your new Detroit Lions head coach. <laughs> uh, Mr. Patricia, I, I don't, I don't like, want to, you know, hate on him too hard since he's starting a new thing now, but that game was ridiculous. You know, the defensive adjustments were never made. They allowed the Eagles to do what they wanted to them all game, and that's a lot of the reason that the Patriots weren't able to win that Super Bowl. Um, I think it definitely kind of sucks because he's leaving and going somewhere else, and he clearly knew that because the day after it was already announced and made officialized. So when you have that kind of performance in the Super Bowl, it kind of makes you wonder, did he put enough effort into that game preparing for it and being able to stop the Eagles? So yeah. it's uh, it's definitely definitely questionable, in my in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But definitely either way, it's a dumb performance. His defense allowed 41 points. So As for you, though, Andy, you, uh, you ought to get out of here because you're headed off to Florida, right? Yes, I am. I am uh, going to Florida for the weekend, taking a break. So Ooh. got this got this podcast in early. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to some warm weather, though. You know what, though? When it comes down to Mount Pleasant, be ready. We're going to get a lot of snow. Yeah. He's going to be sitting on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will be on the beach this weekend, and uh, my uh, my co-host here will be uh, covering some games. So I'll be freezing. Guys, you, <laughs> I'll shoot you, you, I'll shoot you, I'll shoot you a text. Hey, hey, bro, send me a picture of what it, what's the lake down there. 
That's what I'll. That's what I'll be doing. And I'll this be dreaming. Really, I'll be dreaming. This, this kid's really trying to make me sound like some kind of, some kind of, I don't know right now, some odd guy for going to Florida in the middle of February. But that's I, worth it. That's good. That's what I'm th- saying. I think, I'm I, saying think, I think it was the best that's decision genius. I've ever made. I need a break, but. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk at you next time. Uh, for Evan, Elena, and our podcast or our uh, producer Grant, thank you for listening.